This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline. The food science and my technique behind a lot of the things that I needed to know when I when I entered the food management program, I don't think that I would have really had that experience anywhere else. That is the voice of renowned chef and author, Gabrielle McBay. Gabrielle will talk about her career as a chef that has spanned from cooking from her friends in high school to serving Fortune 500 companies as a caterer now, as well as her cookbooks, which have been previously published, and plans for a new one in the near future. We are so excited today to be joined by renowned chef and caterer, Gabrielle McBay. She is the owner of Elements Cuisine and Pastry Concepts in in Dallas, Texas. And and Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, first, before we go into your outstanding uh, culinary career, let's go into your uh, Horned Frog, which is why we're talking to you today. Why did you decide to come to, why did you decide to come to TCU those, uh, those years ago? So I went to TCU. It's a, in fact, I actually was enrolled to go to culinary school in Denver, and I ended up, uh, my, my high school counselor told me about the Community Scholars Program at TCU, and so um, I applied for it the day before the application was due, and I had a, I have a twin sister, and we both got accepted, and so that's how I made the choice to go to TCU. And so once you got to TCU, um, I know you, you grew up or you went to high school in DeSoto, uh, live in Dallas. So did you live on campus or did you commute from home? I did. I lived on campus all four years. Well, actually, I had my own apartment, like my junior, senior year. But um, I lived on campus. So my, my first dorm I lived in was Brockman, which is no longer beat up anymore. They tore it down. And that's where, like, a lot of the Greek houses and stuff are now. So, yeah, I lived on campus. Okay. And then what were some of the things you got involved in as a student? Um, As a student, I was in gospel choir. I was um, in NAACP, so I was vice president and then president of NAACP. Um, And just, like, different local organizations on campus. Um, I also was working a lot as well, so I kind of kind of had the best of both worlds. And academically, uh, I believe your your degree was in food management and entrepreneurial business. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so I actually started as a business major and I ended up um, transferring to food management at the end of my sophomore year. So I came there for business entrepreneurship and marketing. I was a double major. Hated it. Well, I loved Neely. I will say <laughs> I loved the Neely school, but I just kind of realized I wasn't aware that there was a food management program. So I ended up transferring to food management. So when you came to TCU, did you come with a preordained vision that you wanted to get the tools necessary to go in the culinary industry? No, I was just kind of thinking I was going to, you know, be a business major and get the degree from that and kind of go on about life. I didn't really know that. Um, it was kind of going to spin off into something very special with the food management program. With the food management program, um, I had to work in a food service facility for part of my major for credit. So that's how I started working in restaurants. That was my first time, like, working on the line was when I was, like, 20 years old as an assistant pastry chef. 
um, at LRB Fine Foods in Fort Worth off of Magnolia. Um, so yeah, I was in college and I was also like in culinary at the same time. So that was a pretty cool thing. Oh, wow. And so when did you first find your love of cooking? Um, I started as a really young kid. Um, I just grew up kind of cooking with my family. Um, my family, I would say the women in my family are definitely very domestic. And so, um, yeah, just always in the kitchen with them. And that's how I started cooking. And living on campus, uh, were you able to cook often in your dorm room? And, and did that make you uh, pretty popular amongst your friends? I did. I actually cooked a lot in my dorm. So we had a like a community kitchen on the floor that I lived on. And so it was funny. It kind of became my kitchen. Like it was to the point people would ask me like, hey, Gabby, can I use the kitchen tonight? Because I was always in there baking. I was running my baking company while I was at TCU. It was something that I started while I was in high school. So I was running my baking company doing like orders for 500 cupcakes while I was in Brockman. So that was a pretty cool and funny experience. And and then like my dorm mates would like try different recipes. I remember at that time I was trying to perfect my red velvet recipe and I would just give cupcakes to everybody. Like literally every day I was making red velvet cupcakes and I would just pass them down the hall. Like, hey guys, let me know how you like this batch. Did you give any cooking tips to some of your friends who weren't as uh, gifted in the cooking skills as you were? Um, not necessarily. I did have a thing. I would make dinner on Sundays. And so my friends, like everybody would just come over to Brockman and we would all have like this big Sunday dinner. People would chip in like three or five dollars and we would just like have all this food every Sunday. Hmm. And you talked about your uh, your baking business that you started. I believe it was when, I think I read it was when you were 14 in high school. How did that come mm-hmm. about? Um, so I had transferred to a new high school, in, uh, of course, in Soto. I was coming from an all-girls school, and I wanted my classmates to like me. So I started making cookies for them on Mondays and Fridays. And my mom eventually kind of caught on to what I was doing because she was working when I would get home kind of late into the night. And so she made me start charging 50 cents to my classmates because I was using all of the grocery money for, you know, baking supplies. Hmm. And after you graduated high school, you won the Black Enterprises Teenpreneur of the Year Award. So what was how did you get that award and what was that process like? Yeah, so I was 18. Um, it was a, I think, I can't remember if I had already graduated by then or if it was after. Um, but no, yeah, it was definitely before I graduated because they made an announcement on the school intercom. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think I applied for it. Like my mom told me that I should apply for it and I applied for it. And it was like a national search. So, they kind of finalized it down to a couple of entrepreneurs from around the U.S. And we went to Atlanta for the award ceremony. And, yeah, I got the award. So that was like my first kind of moment where I realized, wow, I might be really good at this. <laughs> and so were you going up against just other teen business holders or other chefs? Or what kind of made you stand apart? Yeah. Yeah, they were other teen business owners. Like, I was the only person in the food category, like, 
in the only like culinary person like there was someone that was he would make like commercial industrial buttons um one girl um i can't remember what her business was but like it was just kind of different types of businesses so it was cool that like my cookie company was you know Mm. a hit i guess and how did you uh, decide to start your current company, the Elements Cuisine and Pastry Concepts? So Elements is a full-service catering company. I do private chef services as well, but I've kind of done like boutique-sized events, I would say, um, anywhere from 25 people to this past weekend, I just did a catering event for 500. So it kind of really just depends on the event and the style and I love kind of adding design and just different elements into the catering events that make it really special. Hmm. And so when you're catering for 500 people, you know, there's a lot of us that are just trying to figure out how we cook for a family of four. How do you figure out, you know, how you're going to cook for 500, make sure everything comes out the same temperature? And how did you learn how to do all that? So I think I just learned from working in restaurants, definitely the food management program at TCU because we would uh, like with Cisco um, at TCU which I, I don't know if it's still there if that's the still same food service provider but we had she work in the kitchens at TCU and so that's kind of where I learned about scaling and quantifying on like a very large number because we were literally helping cook for students um, in the cafe, so in the blue. So um, that was kind of my first experience, like learning how to cook for like a mass amount of people. So now it's pretty easy for me to scale a recipe that has five to six servings to something that can serve, you know, hundreds of people. Okay. And so say you're, mm-hmm. say you have a six o'clock dinner and you have to serve, you know, 500 people. What time do you start your meal prep for that? So I start prepping days in advance. So if I have, um, for instance, that event was on a Saturday, so I'll probably start prepping. I'll probably start grocery shopping and stuff that Wednesday, and I'll be prepping starting Thursday. Um, and then I'll I'll actually cook stuff off the day of, of course, so it can be mm-hmm. fresh and everything. But if I need to prep stuff, like make a compost or, you know, chop a whole bunch of onions and veggies, then I'll do that you know, like a day or two before so that the, the, the small task can kind of be out of the way. Okay. And how many people help you out with your company? Is it just you or do you have a team around you? Um, I have a team. I'm definitely building up my team because I've, I've kind of been a one-woman show for a while, but I've been interviewing some people and I definitely have my friends that help me out <laughs> with catering events. Uh, sometimes when it, you know, when I don't have that team there, but definitely trying to transition into not doing as much of the work, but, you know, allowing people to help me and be a part of that. And also giving like young chefs opportunities to kind of see what it is, you know, to cater and kind of be in the food service industry outside of from a restaurant setting. And your company has worked with some really big brands. I read like Nike and some other really big ones. How did they find mm-hmm. out about you, and what did, what would you say is the best event or the most unique event that you've had to cater? Um, yeah, I've been able to do some really cool events. I think some of the brands, social media definitely plays a big part into visibility and, 
you know, marketing for me. Uh, so some of those brands find out about me through social media. Some of them are, you know, I have people that know about me or know me personally and they work for those companies. So sometimes they'll, you know, suggest, you know, my services. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's been, oh, I'll say, so last year I did an event with Lexus and I basically kind of, my theme for that was when Black Panther just came out. And so a lot of the food items that I did were basically like Afrofuturistic, what Wakanda uh, cuisine would actually be like. And so I kind of took inspiration from East African food and just like different regions of Africa and kind of combined that with Southern influences. And I think that was probably one of my favorite catering events for sure. Wow. And so when these events, they ask you to cater, uh, do they say this is the menu we want or do you say this is, I'll just come up with something or how does that, what's the kind of the client relationship? Yeah. So I have a standard catering menu that people can look at and see whatever all I do, but some people do have preferences on what they want their menu to be. So, you know, it, it really just depends on what their event is. Like if, if people want brunch, sometimes they'll say, Hey, we want chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, you know, kind of the standard brunch items. But then, you know, there are some other instances like the Nike catering event where they gave me pretty much all creative control to do whatever I wanted and just submit my options. And that was it. So hmm. I kind of, I, I, I like both. It depends on what setting we're in. Sometimes I like creative control and, Sometimes I'd rather people just pick the menu because it's kind of easier for me. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoy it both ways. And so you walked us through what happens when you're preparing for a big event, but today's a rainy Thursday or a rainy Wednesday as we talk. So what does your day-to-day life look like? If there's not a there's not a huge event you're having to do, you know, tonight, what is the what is the a day in the life of Gabrielle McVeigh look like? Yeah, so my daily life, I'm actually at, like, a coffee shop breakfast place right now. So it might sound like a kitchen in the background. But um, usually I'll just post up at a coffee shop or something because I do a lot of work on my computer um, in terms of, like, editing, emails, invoices, that type of thing. So usually during the day I'm working on my computer and kind of, you know, responding to clients and, You know, I do a lot of my marketing and creative stuff, so I'm usually doing that on my computer. Mm. Um, And then other times I'm just kind of chilling. If I, a lot of my work days are during the weekend, so during the week that's like my weekend. So I'll get my hair done or go to the nail shop or something like that when I have some downtime. And being a chef, are you one that likes to cook for yourself, or is there times that you're like, I'd rather go to a restaurant so I'm not having to cook when when I'm not uh, having to do so? Um, if I'm in the mood to cook, sometimes I will. I'm not, I I will say I'm not, I don't cook for myself as much as I cook for other people. Um, I definitely love going to restaurants, but I also don't, I have a, I don't always go eat at restaurants because I'm like, I like to, you know, save money. So if I can make it at home, I'd rather make it at home. But, um, yeah, sometimes it depends on what the day is and kind of how I'm feeling, but I don't cook for myself as much as I should. My favorite thing to eat is cereal. Any chef probably would tell you that just because it's the most least work that you can do to eat. So at any point in time, you could probably find like five boxes of cereal in my house because I love cereal. 
And not only are you a renowned chef, but you're also a renowned author with the, you wrote the cookbook, Peace, Love, and Good Food. So what was the process of that cookbook? How did that come about? And, and what was, how have you seen the success of it? Yeah, so my cookbook, the first one that I wrote, Peace, Love, and Good Food, it was kind of like a limited print. Um, it basically pays homage to a lot of my family uh, traditions, recipes, stories. I'm definitely a storyteller, so the cookbook kind of features a lot of those special memories that I have with my Aunt Gloria making peach pies or my great-grand and her hummingbird cake and my grandmother with her candy yam, my mom smoked turkey and greens, that type of thing. So um, I released that cookbook, and people definitely love it. Um, I'm working on my second one right now. Um, I was hoping to be out by, by now, but I've been working on a lot of different projects, so the time on that has not necessarily come to fruition, but I'm in the process of writing the second one. So I'm excited about that one too. And what's the second one going to be called? Um, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be called, but I do have an inkling. It's probably going to be called fried chicken and champagne just because it represents, <laughs> I love fried chicken and I love champagne. And the cookbook basically is based on easy recipes for you know, a lot of my target demographic are millennials, so people 22 to like 34. And so um, I feel like that kind of resonates with a lot of people in my age group. And uh, I think the cookbook is going to feature a lot of recipes that are easy to make, very minimal ingredients, uh, very minimal uh, steps and processes. Because I feel like when people see a very long recipe, they're probably not as inclined to make it. So, um yeah, that's what that cookbook is going to be about. And living in Dallas, how often do you get a chance to come back to TCU? Uh, so I actually was at TCU not too long ago. I definitely, different departments still ask me to cater stuff, dessert. Um, so I'm at TCU pretty often. I also do kind of some mentorship still with community scholars from time to time. I go back and just say hey to some of my people up there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm at TCU pretty, I would say kind of often, not as much as I would like, but it's definitely down the street from home. And thinking back about your time at TCU and where you are today, how do you think your time at TCU influenced, um, how you got to where you are today? I think my time at TCU definitely, uh, provided a lot of special memories, a lot of connections that are lifelong. Um, just really great experiences there. I think I learned a lot about the food science and like techniques behind a lot of the things that I needed to know when I when I entered the food management program. I don't think that I would have really had that experience anywhere else. And I think it was a great substitute from going over to culinary school. Um, so yeah, I, I learned a lot at TCU. Have lifelong friends from TCU. Um, I actually was in an interview yesterday and one of the girls, I guess she had looked me up and when the first thing that she said was go frog and she was at TCU and she remembered when I was doing cookie delivery late night. And so in the interview, everybody kind of looked cause we just kind of had a special moment cause I feel like frog, no frog. And so um, that was a really, that was a really special moment yesterday for sure. And, and to wrap it up, how can people follow you and uh, see where you'll be catering next? And if there's a, a frog that wants to ca have catering from a fellow frog, how would they do that? 
Yeah, so my website is GabrielleMcVeigh.com, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-E-M-C-B as in boy, A-Y.com. Um, I'm Gabrielle McVeigh on all social media. And I also have a YouTube channel where I post, like, recipes and different catering vlogs um, on YouTube. And that channel is also just Gabrielle McVeigh because I didn't know what else to call it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we uh, look forward to seeing some of your, your, your cooking here around the Metroplex. And uh, we thank Absolutely. you for your, your time today and, and continued success. And we'll make sure to look out for that next cookbook. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Frog for Life podcast. If you or a friend or family member would like to get in touch with us to share your story, Please contact us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at TCU Alumni. We look forward to sharing our next story of how TCU Alumni are changing the world.